The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king God made me punch in accurate numbers My castle won't crumble What I tackle will fumble I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet is up According to me royalty didn't end with King Tut Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs Big says sky is the limit I look down on the ledge I push the bar like I'm opening the cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail I need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest things to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy, Heavy is the, the head that wears the crown. crown. I put, put in extra work, work that just can't be found. Work. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host, Jay Spence the King And man, it is a victory Tuesday I had a really good victory Monday I hope y'all doing good how y'all feeling out there? I hope y'all loving living life the way I am. Cause like I said, it's victory Tuesday and what else is there to do except enjoy that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's still wild. I was so, so this past Sunday I was actually at the bills backers bar out here and in, in, well, it's in surprise. So it's not far from where I stay. Um, I'm close to Glendale. So I'm close to where the Arizona Cardinals actually play, but I went to the bills backers bar and there was a bunch of people there and we were just talking about it. And the thing is, it's phenomenal. You know, like it it was a moment while I was sitting there and I'm just like, dude, Josh Allen is legit. And not just legit in the sense of like, yeah, he had a great year last year and he was, um, you know, runner up for MVP. Not great in the sense like this year where it's like, you know, we just love him. And he's like, we saw what we saw Sunday. But the thing is for two decades, for two decades, we had subpar even when we had decent play at quarterback, it's still just the team wasn't quite giving us everything that we felt like we deserved as Bills fans. I mean, as fans, I will argue and I will defend Bills Mafia to anybody because I feel like there you won't find a fan base that's as loyal. 
You won't find a fan base that's as fanatic. You won't find a fan base that's, you know, we we stick with our team regardless. I can recall several sold out games when we knew the season coming, we knew we would be six and ten. We knew we would be three and thirteen. We didn't have many other three and thirteens. But we had some years there where we had like just very middle of the pack. Uh, there were a couple of years where we had some excitement where we had the talent and you thought, okay, the Bills are going to do this and the Bills are going to do that. And we didn't quite do it. But even the seasons that we knew, like, all right, all right, <laughs> we signed Jeff Tool. You know, like it's, it's, it's seasons where it's just like, holy crap, we're not that good. But it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't even matter. We're not that good. But the Bills fans, Bills Mafia is legit. We're there every single time. And now to have the talent, on the field and the production to go along with the fanatic, just the, the energy and the love that the, the fans had is phenomenal, man. And I'm just so proud to be a bills fan, uh, which is, that's another thing that's crazy to say. I lived in Indianapolis for about five and a half years and, you know, they had Andrew Luck at the time. They just moved on from Peyton Manning. So they had just, they've been used to having great quarterback play a winning team. They were used to the playoffs. And there were so many times in conversations where I could not be part of it. It was just like, whatever. <laughs> like people would actually say to me, man, when y'all make the playoffs, come holler at me. And I know a lot of you in the comments, I know a lot of you listening can, can relate to that because that's just, it's something that we've all been through as a Bills fan. Uh, and now, you know, I, I still get trolls today, you know, the Bills winning. We're doing great. And you have people saying, well, you never won a Super Bowl uh, Sunday on Lorenzo Alexander's tweet. There was a there was a guy that jumped on there and was like, yeah, but y'all never won a Super Bowl. And I'm like, bro, you're a Washington fan. Y'all haven't won a Super Bowl since 92. Nobody cares, you know, but that's all people have to go on. And I guess um, as a Bills fan, if we won a Super Bowl, I'm sure that would be something that we would have held on to. But I just I just I don't know. Maybe I'm one of those guys that's like, well, what are y'all doing this year? Uh, because even though the Patriots ran us for two decades, I don't look at the Patriots like, okay, well, y'all got Super Bowls with Tom Brady, so you were just a superior franchise. I don't look at them like that. If you ask me about the past, yeah, but I'm I'm kind of living in the moment. I'm living for the future. And the way I see it, and it also could be the fact that the Bills are in the driver's seat at this point. But the way I see it, the Buffalo Bills are the team to beat in the AFC East. They're the team to beat in the AFC, maybe after the Chiefs and, you know, on par with what the Browns are. I just think they're they're a top team in the AFC, really a top team in the NFL. So I, I, I could care less about people talking about, yo, y'all didn't win a Super Bowl in 93. Y'all didn't win one in 90. So what? Like, who cares? Like, yeah, back then it probably hurt my uncles and grandfather and whoever else. And yeah, it hurts now, like, during the drought, it it absolutely hurt when I couldn't be a part of certain conversations. But I mean, right now, who cares? No one cares. Whatever. Moving on. I just kind of wanted to to just have a moment and just acknowledge uh, how great our team is right now. And you know, I, I'll jump right into a couple things. First things first. Can we talk about Zach Moss? Can we talk about how Zach Moss to me is the best running back on this team? And I know a lot of times we have difficulty um, based on emotion, based on who we like. And, you know, we've kind of piggybacking off the conversation or the the topic that I started the show off with. There was so many times where obviously the team wasn't good. So all we had was the actual player's personality. 
we fell in love with with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We fell in love with CJ Spiller and we fell in love with Marshawn Lynch, even though kind of I feel like Buffalo kind of sort of ran him out. Um, But we fell in love with our players. Now you can fall in love with the players, but you actually still have the talent to go with it. Devin Singletary is a very good back. Let me let me start this off by saying Devin Singletary is a very good back. So this, you know, a lot of times I get flack after the show because I'll go on Twitter or I'll go on Instagram and I'll see people um, reacting or responding to the show. And you think because I, I criticize someone that it means that I don't like them or I think they're a bad player. That's not the case. I think Devin Singletary is a really good back. I think we saw a lot of things in his rookie year that would make you feel confident that going forward, he could be the guy to lead the team. I think we saw that. However, I think last season we saw that the way the team is built, the offensive line that we do have, the schemes that Brian Dayball chooses to run. I just don't think that on this team, Devin Singletary will be able to be an RB1. He has certain moments where obviously like in the Miami game, he broke it for 46 yards, first drive of the game, right? But if you take that outlier play out, his average per carry is is not is not great. Uh, when you look at this past Sunday, he I believe he had 11 carries for like 1.9 yards a carry or something like that. Now I understand it's tough to run in the NFL. I, I'm not at all saying like he sucks. Cut him. Get no. I love Devin. I don't want to cut him, but we have to be realistic about something. The style of play or the way that Devin runs, it's not north and south. It's not the kind of it's not the kind of game. Where, for instance, a few years back, we had LaShawn McCoy. Shady, a lot of times, would drive me nuts, and I'm sure he would drive a lot of you nuts because, you know, Tyrod would hand him the ball, and he would kind of dance in the backfield, hold the joint out, hold the ball out like a loaf of bread. He would do all of that. But then the thing with Shady is, though, most times he would get out the backfield and pick up some yards. Even if it was minimal, typically Shady picked up yards. A lot of times with Devin, I feel like, you know, if if he just doesn't have a hole and if, if the if the line isn't blocking the way that makes him look impressive. And I know in the preseason he looked great. I know he looked great. I know there were moments that it's like, OK, he's showing us something. Yeah, I thought he was being showcased the same way, reminiscent of a couple of years ago when when Sean McDermott actually got to the team, when he first signed with the Buffalo Bills, that very first preseason. They were showcasing the heck out of Sammy Watkins. They had Tyrod go out there and throw him the ball. It looks like maybe 10 times in a row in preseason. And every, Now, it gave people a reason to be excited. Like, oh, shoot, Tyrod and Sammy look good again. Oh, shoot, this is about to go down. And then out of nowhere, Sammy Watkins is being traded. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's going to happen to Devin. We're already three weeks into the season. Devin is, um, you know, Devin's here. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere by any means. But... The point that I'm making is, yeah, we saw some stuff in the preseason that made us feel like, yeah, Devin is going to be that dude. Three weeks in, I don't see Devin being that dude. Now, what I do see is Zach Moss, Sunday, 13 carries, 60 yards. I do see the second week of the season when Zach Moss got the ball. No, it's not the explosiveness. He's not going to give you he's not going to give you the 80 yard run you know, first play of the game. He's not, he's not CJ Spiller with the speed. No, no, he's not Travis Etienne with the speed. Well, Travis is injured. So we really don't even know what Travis is in the NFL, but, but he's not one of those backs that's going to 
get the ball and just like outrun everybody. No, but what he's going to do is he's going to consistently get you three to five yards a carry. And Sunday, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. And that is what this team needs. So when I say Zach Moss is my RB1, I don't mean it in a sense that he's Ezekiel Elliott when he came into the league. I don't mean that he's Saquon Barkley. We don't need Saquon Barkley. We don't need Ezekiel Elliott when he was good, because now I don't think he's good. We don't need that. What we need from our team, from our running position, we need guys that can run the ball three to five yards each time when the defense knows you're going to do it. Now, Grant, you're going to have plays where it's one yard. You're going to have tackles for loss every now and again. But consistently, something has to change. And Devin, it seems that more often than not, and I don't have the exact stat, and I apologize for not preparing properly when it comes to that, but I don't have the exact stat. But there were several times where the line just didn't open up how he wanted to, and he kind of just got lost in the shuffle behind the, behind the line of scrimmage. That's not beneficial when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen and you have a team that wants to get the ball down the field. When you want to pass the ball and the and the defense isn't scared of your running attack, there's no reason to put eight, seven guys in the box. They can rush for and Washington absolutely has one of the best defensive lines in the in the league, regardless of what anybody thinks. Yeah, we blew them out. The Buffalo Bills look fantastic. But they have four. First round draft picks on that on that defensive line. And I don't know if y'all was watching. Josh had to dance. Josh had to show. First of all, he showed growth. I know in his rookie year, he, he was still kind of getting around the pocket well, but it was more of him being a mobile quarterback and getting away. What we saw Sunday, Josh was back there dancing with his eyes down the field to throw still. The first touchdown to, to my man, Emmanuel Sanders. Josh normally, Josh of old, even Josh last year, I feel like, Josh would have ran. Isaiah McKenzie was right there to block. He basically told Josh, come on, dog, just follow me. We're going to get this first down. We're going to get this touchdown if you jump over us. <laughs> Josh was like, nah, I got you. Go ahead and block, make that block. But hold up. Threw that thing on a rope, on a rope to my man Emmanuel Sanders. We saw growth from Josh. We saw growth from Josh. It's just impressive. And, and also, I'm still going to, I'm going to finish up. I'm going to finish my point about Zach, but also, can we just, can we just give Emmanuel Sanders some flowers real quick? That dude, two touchdowns, 98 or 95 yards receiving something like that. Five receptions. Listen, he is an absolute upgrade over my man, John Brown, love John Brown, love the dude smoke. But when it comes down to it, it is what it is. It just is what it is. And what we saw Sunday is what we're going to see for the rest of the season. Because now teams are going to wake up and say, oh, we have to actually cover Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> He's not slow like we thought he was from New Orleans because he didn't have a quarterback with an arm to throw it to him. Drew Brees is a, is a legend, Hall of Fame. But guess what? That arm, that shoulder, he had a rib injury. He had all types of stuff wrong with him last year where he just couldn't throw. He just couldn't do it. So with that being the case, yeah. that's Now you have a guy who can make the most of a quarterback like Josh Allen. And that's all we've wanted. And, and Steph Diggs did that last year. Diggs came in there last year and did that. He did the same thing. So now you got two guys who in, in I'm not saying Emmanuel is, is on Diggs level, but what I am saying is you have two guys that could potentially be a number one receiver on other rosters. We know Diggs is a number one receiver everywhere he goes, but Emmanuel Sanders could absolutely serve that purpose on certain teams. Now you got that. Add in the mix of Cole Beasley, who actually led the team in, in targets and receptions. Then you add in once Gabriel Davis is healthy. He had a couple receptions Sunday as well, but he's not healthy. 
you add that in, that offense is dynamic. So now rewind and go back to what I was saying about Zach Moss. Go back to what I was saying about Devin Singletary. When you know you have an offense like that, you have those receivers out there like that, you're going to see guys wanting to put extra DBs in there. And when you have several defensive backs on that field, you're supposed to be able to run that ball at will, at will, and yet we can't do it. We can't do it with Devin. And I don't, I don't know if it's a Devin thing. It might be a scheme thing. That's why I said I'm not bashing Devin. I saw enough from Devin that makes me say Devin's that dude. I just don't think he's that dude for this roster. I don't think he's that dude that's going to take the running game from where it is to the next step. Now, do I think if they were to feature Zach Moss, and this is just a me thing. I'm, I'm just a podcaster. I, I, I admit that often. I admit that often. I, I'm, not, I'm not a coach. I'm not a scout. But what I see is, A, the team absolutely trusts Zach Moss more. Absolutely trusts Zach Moss more. He had a fumble, second week of the season against Miami, but they trust him. They trust him. That's a big step. Second step outside of the or after the trust he's giving you the yards he's giving you the production you need if you don't if you don't have the production what's the point you know what's the point it's nice we got two third round draft picks that's cool this third round draft pick ain't performing like alvin Kamara. it would be nice but again we don't need alvin Kamara. We don't need a top three, top five running back in the league. What we need is somebody to take the pressure off Josh Allen. And I don't know if you all remember. I know I got a whole new crew now, you know, a whole new, you know, whole new family watching the code of conduct now. Uh, but but last season, I spoke a lot specifically about how the Bills need a running game. Because once you get into the playoffs and you're playing the top teams and you're now you're not playing against the Jets and you're not playing against, you know, just whoever you're going to actually have to be able to run the ball because teams that make it deep into the playoffs typically not only have good defenses or, or good offenses, but they also have a good defense. And when you have good defenses, they, they game plan and they scheme and they figure out how to stop your strength. And I know there were injuries when you look at the game that we had against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in the conference championship, but they figured out how to slow down Josh Allen. You look at the, the game against the Colts, the first game of the playoffs, Josh didn't look like Josh that game. They won the field position in the first half. That battle of field position, the Colts won. We couldn't move the ball. We couldn't get first couple drives. I think we started within the 10 of our, you couldn't move the ball. Then you look at the game against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, right? What was that? 16, nothing. That's not the offense we're used to seeing last year. We won. We won. But that's not the offense that we're used to seeing. This is what I'm saying. You have to, you really have to get to that place where you're understanding that there are several different factors that play into a successful football team. Speaking of that, uh, I want to talk about the three phases of football. I want to talk about the three phases of football. The first phase, obviously, is offense, right? Second phase is defense. And that third phase is special teams. I think I value special teams a bit more than than what most people do, at least in in the fan base. I can't say coaches and and content creators and analysts and scouts. I can't say that they don't. But most conversations that I have, people question 
really why it's valuable or if it's even valuable. The reason why I bring this up is because I, I posted yesterday on my Victory Monday post, like I always do, some of my thoughts after the game. And one of my thoughts is that I'm not sure that we found our solution on special teams with Isaiah McKenzie. Again, let me rewind and start this off by saying I do not dislike Isaiah. Isaiah was a guest on my show last summer. I am a huge fan of Isaiah. I have a jersey by Isaiah. I have a signed helmet with Isaiah on it. There's a lot about Isaiah that I absolutely love. I know there's a ton of people in the comments who love Isaiah. He's one of the most interesting men. He said in his own Twitter thing says the most interesting man in Buffalo or whatever it is. Look, I love Isaiah. Everybody loves him. But that has nothing to do with the actual performance. Now, you want to talk about the first kickoff return for the season when we played against the Steelers. Ran it back 75 yards. Great. Since then, his decision-making has been shaky. If you take that one run out, he's averaging 22.6 yards of return. It's not bad, right? No. But if you down a ball, you're at the 25. So your average is already starting your team at a, at a position that is not favorable for your offense. Last season, obviously, everybody knows that, that I'm in love with Andre Roberts. You know, everybody knows that I was a big fan of Andre Roberts. Extend Andre Roberts. I tweeted it probably 50,000 times last year. Okay, so I understand that. This is not about Andre Roberts. This is not about me disliking Isaiah. What I'm going to say is this is 100% about understanding the importance and the value of special teams and, and the role that they play during a game. Good coaches in history, I guarantee you, if you go Google it, you'll see it. Good coaches will tell you you have to win two of the three phases of the game to win. For the last several years, the Buffalo Bills and their fans have been spoiled because we've consistently won on special teams. It was one of the phases that going into the game, we always knew was a strength. We always knew nine times out of 10, we were going to win on special teams. Why? Because A, when we're defending on special teams, we have now two of the best gunners in the league. And we also have Saran Neal, who's lights out. So really, I can say we have probably three of the top 10 special teams players in the league on one roster. That's a cheat code. That's a cheat code. But when we're receiving, when we're looking to run the ball back or field the ball, decision-making is a big part of why I thought Andre Roberts was special last year and the year before. It's not because, now, yeah, part of it is the fact that often, the, the team would start on the 40, the 35. The, the, you know, like we would always be positive. That, that's a big deal. But even aside from, from just running the ball back, decision-making, you know, everyone that likes to debate me on, on the timeline and in the comments likes to say, well, actually, you know what? I'll read one. I'll read one. Uh, because this one is a good point. It is an absolute good point. One of the things that was said is that McKenzie was at it was at or near the top of the league in average return yardage coming into the week, was he not? I think he's doing just fine personally and will only get better. Only 3 weeks in and he's been playing with the bum shoulder to top it off. Now, I'm not I'm not here for the excuses as far as as far as the injured shoulder. If if he's injured, he shouldn't be, you know, same thing I say about everybody. If you're injured, don't play. If you can if you can play, you're on the I don't I don't want to hear that. But as far as him being near the average in yard return. That's cool. That's cool. Now let's take a look at it. Because, 
you know, if you're going to make that argument about Isaiah being, you know, fine because he's at the top of the leaderboard in whatever, let's take a real look at it. The first thing is that 75 yard run, it goes, it plays into his averages. That's not a consistent performance from Isaiah McKenzie. You're not going to get a 75 yarder every game, as we've seen. It's the third game of the year. We saw that once. We saw that once. So for 22.6 yards, that's not consistent with what Bills fans and what the team is used to having out of that position. We're used to starting fast. We're used to getting yards, putting Josh Allen in the offense in position for a shorter field. Not necessarily a short field, but shorter than a 75-yard drive. Look it up. If I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it. Now, Andre Roberts isn't playing well, so this isn't me, like, clamoring and begging for the team to bring him back, go and make a trade. No, I'm not asking to make a trade. That's not what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is we have to recognize and we have to understand that, look, special teams is a big deal, and it's not always about just numbers. I I was talking to Bruce Nolan about it, Mr. Exclusive himself, and – you know, and he sent me a text earlier and he said, basically, you know, if, if I don't catch the ball, you know, what, I'm going to find it. Cause I don't want to misspeak on him because Bruce always has a way of putting things. Um, he said, if I let the ball bounce when I shouldn't and lose 10 yards of field position, there is no stat for that. And that's the thing. Yeah. You look at the stats, you look at the stats. Okay, the stats are what they are, but those four don't include those four that we see on the stat line right now don't include him not catching the ball that was kicked short. He let the ball bounce. Decision making. It doesn't include a few of the punt returns where he called for a fair catch when he really has space to run. It doesn't include him letting the ball bounce and then the other team was able to down the ball within the five or the ten. It doesn't include that because all it's looking for is fielded. When you feel the ball and you catch it, that's when your stats start. I'm going to go back because this I feel like this is going to be a topic for a couple of weeks. I'm going to go back and watch every single punt return from Isaiah McKenzie. And I'm going to I'm going to go and I'm going to monitor and I'm going to take notes on how many he had space to run, how many he fielded where he should have caught a fair catch. There was a couple that he should have caught a fair catch and he didn't and he got blasted. There was some. There, like I said, that he the, the kick return, he let it bounce and it ended up being a turnover. You can say it was fluky. You can say it was the win. Listen, he won that role. He won that job. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say okay, it's all good just because it was a fluke. No, it wasn't a fluke. When you win that role, your job, your job, is to field, <laughs> to you catch it, and you return it. You get positive yards for your team. Or you get the least negative, <coughs> excuse me, you get the least negative outcome possible. That's not what we've seen so far from Isaiah McKenzie. We want to celebrate the one great run. We can celebrate it. Let's celebrate it. He's a great player. I love him on offense. I love everything he did last year on offense. I'm just not sold on him as a, as a kickoff or a punt returner. I'm just not sold. Not sold. But moving on, one more thing before I bring my guest, and I have a special guest joining me. Uh, I call him my big bro. He's the big homie for me. Um, Before I go there, though, 
guess what? We can, we can, <clears throat> we can stop dreaming. Joe, we can, we can, uh, I'm not saying stop your hashtag, but I mean, we can stop thinking we're in Wilder's dreams land because it's no longer a dream. It's no longer a dream. Josh Allen is a real deal. Josh Allen, the version that we saw last year, it's real. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. And the Josh Allen we saw Sunday is the Josh Allen that we're going to see. Yeah, he's going to have bad games. I told you, week one, we played against a very solid Pittsburgh Steelers defense, who, by the way, I think if we played them again right now, we would demolish them. And hopefully they can figure it out so they can win some games so we can see their asses in the playoff because I can't wait to lay the smack down on them boys. Real talk. On God, I cannot wait to see them in the playoffs if they make it. I don't think they're going to make it. I think they're trash. I think they got a good defense. I think offensively, Ben is done. Ben is done. The dude has less mobility than me, and I'm. you definitely don't want to see me run. I can promise. It's not cute. You're not going to like it. But Josh is that dude, and we can kind of woosah. We can breathe on it. Let it go. Let it go. Breathe, stretch, shake. Let it go, okay? <laughs> let that thing go. Josh is doing that thing. He's real. He's real. Now, is he, is he MVP, Josh? I don't know. I don't even care if he wins the MVP this year. We can, we can start that. We can run with the MVP, you know, Josh Allen MVP. Let's, let's start it. That's fine. We can, we can start the campaign early. But I could care less if he wins MVP. I want to see a leader who gets his team ready to play every week like he does. I want to see a leader who, if during the game we have a slump, something's not going right, he, he leads his team. And that's what we got, man. We got a captain and a team loves him. The team loves him. Y'all got it messed up. But I'm not going to go too far on it. Last thing I'm going to say, too, I, I do got to acknowledge this. Uh, shout out to Brian Dayball and, and uh, his family. I want to just shoot some prayers their way. Uh, Brian's grandmother passed away this over the weekend or last week, and, and the team dedicated this win. The offense dedicated this performance to him, and that's a big deal. I, I just want to shout him out, show him some love. Love you, man. I hope everything's good. I'll be praying for you and your family. You know, God bless. But, yo, I got a special guest coming in. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, y'all. Now, I done told you I got a special guest. And like I said, I, I, I've been calling him Big Homie. He yelled at me once about it because he said that, you know, he ain't old. But it's respect. It's, it's respect. What's up, Big Duck? My man Antoine Staley is joining me. He's a he's a actually, I think this is what, your third time on the show? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's going on with you, man? Uh, not much. How you doing? Man, I'm good. Well, you know I'm good. My boys is, uh, you know, they out here looking real real thuggish <laughs> in these streets. Uh, and so we two and one. Uh, we just beat up on, really, we're beating up on everybody, hopefully, going forward. But we just beat up on Washington. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game? Uh, I, I mean, the Bills are saying like they since they played the Dolphins, they were like they've really turned the corner. Uh I mean offensively, defensively, uh their defense I think has really looked legit, honestly. I mean, it was some spots in there obviously yesterday. I watched a little bit of the game and, you know, gave us some big plays. But I think overall they had a good performance and you know, I like what I'm seeing from Josh Allen too. It seems like the offense is starting finally to click there after week one and the struggles that they had. So it's, it's curious to see uh, how they progress moving forward, but they definitely look like the Super Bowl contender that I think we all thought they could be. 
Yeah. And before we move on from from Washington, I don't want to go deep into it. I know I didn't send you a bunch of questions about Washington, but um, everybody in Buffalo, we love Fitzpatrick. We love Ryan. Um, Obviously, with him injured, now we see Taylor Heineke in there. Now, the game prior to Buffalo, he looked really good. Like there were things that that made you say like, whoa, he might, you know, this might be his job. What do you think now after? And I know Buffalo, not saying this as a flex, but I know Buffalo is a top team. So it's a little difficult when you're playing against teams like Buffalo as opposed to, you know, whoever else that he may be up, beat up on. How are you looking at that position right now for Washington? Do you think when Fitz comes back, it's still Fitz's job? Or do you think Taylor has done enough to kind of show that, hey, I'm here, this should be mine? I think they have an interesting problem, and it's not even the offense. It's really their defense. I think a lot of people were picking the Washington just based on their defense this year. They talked about Chase Young and the players that they had coming back the front four. I think was going to be uh, really the staple of that team, and it hasn't. It's really looked like one of the worst defenses in the NFL so far. So that shows you, uh, as analysts, we definitely don't know always what we're talking about when we're predicting yeah. these teams. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they just—I think that's the bigger issue at Washington. I think Heineke has played; they've done enough for them at times. I mean, obviously with Fitzpatrick, I think you know if they continue to lose games, I think he'll probably take the job back over, but. It'll be interesting to see how things progress and what they are by the time he comes back. Because it might be a little while. It might be like November when he comes back. And then there's no telling how this team, what his team might be at that point, too. I mean, the rate they're going, especially defensively, they might not be even in the race. Because I think Dallas is, you know, separating themselves in that division by far. Yeah, last night Dallas looked really good against the, uh, first of all, the Eagles didn't. I don't know. I thought... I didn't think the division was going to be good in general, but Dallas is coming out looking a little bit better than than anybody expected. I, I thought Dak would kind of need some time to improve, but man, you know, after, I'm talking about after the injury. I thought he was going to need some time, yeah. but man. Whew, to me, I thought they were by far the best team. I thought they are the best team by far because they got the best quarterback. They got the best offense. I mean, you don't need that defense to be great. You just need them to be average, especially how good that offense is, and that's good enough to win that division, and it seems like that's going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point about Washington's defense. So before you came on here, I actually said, I still think that the defensive line is good. Like I think um, at least from what I watched Sunday with the bills, they were getting pressure consistently, but Josh is a different Josh Allen to me now. Like now he's, he's moving around the pocket and he's, you know, extending the play and he's still looking downfield. Like that first touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders, he still had to get out the pocket, you know, but now instead of taking off or running for 30 yards, he's looking to throw it now. So, um, yeah, but whatever. Washington lost. They took an L. That division is trash. I'm going to say that. Whatever. Let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> but so Sunday, the reason why I asked you to come on the show is because you normally have some good insight on some things. And um, the the Buffalo Bills are, are hosting the Houston Texans. And we get to miss, you know, unfortunately, we miss another one of our, you know, our ex our ex is in a situation where Tyrod Taylor is still injured. So he's not going to be able to play. And, and David Mills didn't look great to me, but uh, apparently everything that I'm reading, some people are like, Hey, he's still, he's looking good. He, he, the Texans, I, I read somewhere today too, where they said the Texans are planning to open up the offense with David Mills because he's apparently in their mind, he's that good. Um, did you see anything from Mills that makes you think that, you know, he can, he can make a game out of it. Cause the bills are coming into this favorite 17 and a half points. I think the main, only thing that I saw really, he didn't turn the ball over, which I think is, I mean, that's a good thing for a quarterback. Anytime you don't, 
make those mistakes. I don't think he did anything to hurt the Texans. It's just the matter of fact that the defense offense was really vanilla. And then, you know, they were really, he was just kind of doing a lot of dink and dunk really, uh, especially against the Carolina Panthers and how good their defense has been this year. But I mean, he kept the minute he did what he had to do, but now you're playing a different animal with the bills and how, you know, not only you have to, you know, go heads up with their offense, but you have to compete with their defense and how good they are. So it's going to be a struggle for him. I definitely think that they're going to try to force him to make some mistakes too, um, get some pressure on him, and you know, for the Bills, you know, hopefully he can turn the football over. But yeah, I, I think the one thing that I did like it, he didn't necessarily, he didn't force things, he didn't force the action like some other quarter, young quarterbacks do. He he actually had a, a decent game, and I know I'm only honestly I, I didn't go back to watch the full game, so I, I you know, but I'm looking at statistics and I'm looking at. Um, you know, so Brandon Cooks had a decent game. And the only way yes. Brandon Cooks will have a good game is if the quarterback gets him the ball. So um, I saw that he's, he's still getting his number one target. He's getting the guys the ball. Do you, do you um, not the same question as far as is this his team? I know when Tyrod gets back, Tyrod's the starter. Uh, but if I'm honest, again, not to sound, it's a weird space for me because as a Bills fan for 18 years, you know, you really don't go into the game thinking like, okay, we're going to smash this team. But now it's, it's just the truth. Like we've always yeah. been like this in middle of the pack. So it's like, we could do it, but will we like, that's been the energy. Now it's like, no, we should, we should, we should destroy this team. Even with Tyrod, if he was healthy. Um, but what is, what is the team in your opinion? What's different when you look at the team, like when Tyrod's in and now when David Mills is in, how does the team look different? For me, it's just the way they throw the football. I mean, really, like with Tyrod, I thought they were taking more shots down the field and opening things up. And I thought Taylor did a really good job. I think a lot of people thought Houston was just going to be really bad team. I thought they thought they were going to be probably where Jacksonville is currently right now. But, I mean, it's not to say Houston is a good team or anything like that, but I think (laughs) they're going to win some games. They're going to upset some people just simply because I think they're well coached. I think David Culley has done a really good job with that team so far. And they got a lot of veterans on that team that are playing for deals in the future. So, I mean, they're looking to make an impression. So I I definitely think uh, you look at Tyrod and I definitely think what he was able to do. And, you know, you've seen it like Bill fans have seen it too. Throughout the course of the year, you have some good games out of Tyrod where he can push the ball down, feel using his legs too. And I definitely think he displayed that with the Texans early on in the season. Yeah, the first game of the season, he actually he he really shocked me. Like you know, because Bills fans, one of the complaints that Bills fans had about Tyrod is that a he didn't trust his receivers enough to try and like you know lead them or throw them open. Uh, B he really after after the first year with Sammy. So the first year we had him, we had Sammy Watkins, and we started out with Percy Harvin as well on the other side. Percy Harvin, and at the beginning, like I think his first touchdown was like a sixty yard bomb, like it was beautiful. But then. After, you know, Sammy got injured and then after Sammy left, actually, that next year, it just didn't look like Tyra was getting the ball down the field. This season, that first week, he was throwing that thing out there. He he wasn't oh, yeah. even trying to to hold back. So hopefully he he can kind of heal up quickly and get back in there because I'm a Tyra fan. I, you know, I'm happy we got Josh now, but, you know, he was the guy that took us to the playoffs. I get flack for that. People say, oh, it was the, it was the uh, the Bengals, you know, beating the, the Ravens. Look, Tyrod won nine games that year. And without those nine games, it don't matter if if the Bengals beat the Ravens, the Bills wouldn't have been in the playoffs, period. Yeah, so, I think they that team really set the foundation of the team that you have now. 
I mean, yep. you have to, I always tell people you have to kind of crawl before you walk. And I think that's kind of what the Bills did. I mean, they got to the play. They, they finally got over that hump and made the playoffs. Sure, they got, you know, they ended up losing in the first round. But that was a step. That was a step in the right yeah. direction. And I definitely think you're seeing that now. And they were able to build upon that and to the team that they are right now. Man, it's incredible to watch. Um, it, like as a Bills fan, just like I said, and I know I mentioned it earlier, it's like we were we weren't good for so long. So now it's like to walk into the season with expectations is wild, bro. It's it's so wild. Uh, but back back on the, the Texans. So Deshaun Watson, we're talking about the quarterback situation there. He's kind of back in the news right now, and it's not it's not for all the the negative stuff. The, the sexual harassment case that he has going on is actually a little. I want to say it's mute right now. We don't hear much news about that right now. And I, I guess we won't until, you know, it's probably going to take some time. The news out there is that he actually may be traded before the, the trade deadline. I'm hearing Miami still a lot. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, the, are you hearing that is Miami? Do you, are you hearing that he will actually be traded? It, here's the thing. He wants to go to Miami. He's made like his agents and representatives have made no bones about that. The Dolphins, for what, and I know Dolphin fans are kind of sensitive about this. Some of them, he want, I mean, the Dolphins want him too. They they have not, you know, downplayed that at all. They've kind of mm-hmm. jumped around. They kind of danced around it, but they would like him too. It's just the fact of, fact of the matter is they don't want to give up the amount of compensation that it's going to take in order to do it. Texas still hell-bent on, you know, possibly, I've heard four first-round picks. I think from what I was told, it's probably at least three. Jeez. Uh, so, and the Dolphins are in a weird place right now where two was hurt. You know, they're not happy. I mean, they're not necessarily happy about the quarterback play right now, even though they have other issues on the team and they feel like they're, they got a team that can compete right now for a playoff spot. So the Texans know this and they're not, they're going to stand on their position right now uh, and say, you know what? We, we know you're, uh, we want, we know Watson wants to go there. We know you want him. So we're not, we're going to stand on our position. I think it might get done. It just depends on what happens the rest of the season. But clearly, I think, you know, depending on how the rest of the year may go, I think one way or the other, Watson will end up in Miami, whether it be this year or doing out the offseason, because it's just everything, all the signs are really important to it at this point. Let me ask you, because, I mean, the thing for me is, like, obviously Deshaun Watson is, is he's a talent. You know, like when we're talking about football, you know, I think, let me see. If I was to give a top five, you know, overall talent, I'm not talking about career wise and everything like that. But right now in the league, he's top five for me. Like, you know, oh, in, yeah. in whatever order you want to put it in, that's fine. But he's absolutely there. But my question is, it, you're the GM of the of the Miami Dolphins right now or, or any team outside of the Houston Texans. Are you really making this trade? You know, like just with everything that the, the case, like we talked about, everything that's kind of looming over this whole situation is like he has this dark cloud over his name. Are you actually going to make this trade for him? Uh, it depends on the t- like for the Dolphins. I, I think yeah, because I think they feel like they can win right now. They they don't want to necessarily wait on two. People are already getting impatient in Miami, like right mm-hmm. now, like and even other one and two start and. You know, you you, lo- you lose a heartbreaker to the Raiders on Sunday. Uh, obviously, you got obliterated by the, the Bills are so far ahead of you, even though the standings they're not. Yeah, the standings yeah. is, is close, <laughs> but they're so far ahead of you that you see this. So they they feel like the pressure's on Chris Greer and um, Brian Flores starting right now. I, I even got Dolphin fans in my mention already talking about you know trying to get uh, 
the Panthers offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, to Miami right now. It's crazy. It's cra- like people are so impatient. And, yeah, I think they see that. They understand. And I think it's going to be a time where, yeah, I think I think you have to make the move if you feel like you're close to being a playoff team. I, I, I think people overvalue draft picks a little bit for the standpoint that you don't know if those picks are going to work out. And you look at the Dolphins draft picks, really, they haven't necessarily worked out recently either. So, I mean, if you if you can get him for two first round picks, I don't think I. I mean, I think I would probably do that. Three is kind of pushing it because then three is kind of like, yeah, you know, and you have to pay him that contract too as well. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a lie. But yeah, I think two and maybe another pick, I probably would do it. Yeah, just depending on the compensation. Man, see, I, I guess for me, and and again, I'm not part of the NFL. I don't I don't know how the legal side of things work. But to me, I would have I would have assumed that he would have been suspended by now, you know, like so even there are no charges yet, like or, you know, criminal charges. Um, but with these allegations, like I've seen players suspended for far less, it, it, at least in my if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I've seen players in the past suspended for stuff that be like, wait, really? He, he smoked some weed on the offseason on a boat with his girlfriend and he got he didn't even test positive. He just got saw on ig and he got suspended for five games and this guy has and whether it's again whether it's true or not it's like it's it picked up momentum to the point where it was like the texans clearly had to keep this guy basically off the field because under normal circumstances even if he wasn't happy he would have played the season i mean technically houston can force for what i would have done i probably would have just forced him to come in camp like but they're paying him just to stay away like right. because he doesn't he doesn't want to play for them. They clearly don't want him to be in the building, really. So it's kind of like a, you know, it's a weird place for them because now you're like you know he doesn't want to play play for them, but yet you're still paying him this his contract, and that's probably what it's going to be throughout Dude. the course of the season. It's it's weird. It's weird to me. Me personally, I would have tried to force his hand personally, and then you know, like you keep your money. That that way, like yeah, you call chicken, really. You're like yeah, you you don't want to play for us, okay? We're gonna make your life a living hell. That's probably what I would have done too. Yeah, but I would have, you know, Houston, many, yeah. exactly, exactly. But yeah. Houston, for whatever reason, they don't want to necessarily do that. That's wild to me. And I, I get David, the coach is, um, you know, he 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 has a reputation of being like a, a you know, a religious person, a man of God, and he's also like a high character individual. So I'm sure like that kind of plays into the culture that they're trying to, to bring. Uh, I just lost my man. He'll be right back, I promise. But I'm sure that plays into the culture um, or the reasoning why they didn't find him and all that stuff. And they kind of just want to get him out. But at the same time, even with getting him out, there's no way in the world, like there is absolutely no way in the world that I'm going to be paying a guy to stay there and like he's literally sitting at home on his couch right now making what is he making like 23 a year or 24 it's something like it's not yeah. like a low no no way possible no way well he just got a new contract really so i mean from his rookie deal yeah. so yeah he's get he's getting paid pretty well not to do anything so it's good living man <laughs> yeah no give me that i wish my job would yeah. be like you know what man stay home and we're gonna just give you a check and and you don't even don't you just stay home. Just cash right. the checks. Just cash the checks. Yeah. Okay. I ain't even gonna cash them, man. Just direct deposit them joints right there, real quick, so I can just go ahead and I'm, I ain't even gonna leave the house. <laughs> I'm cool. Exactly. But, so yeah, I mean, it's like he's not even part of the team. That's why I was reading some article. I can't remember what it was. It's like people don't even consider him part of the team, and that's kind of the reality of the situation right now. 
that's just wild to me. It's so wild. But but all right. Well, um, speaking of one quarterback that just got paid recently, let's move on to, to my guy now. He just got paid, too. And uh, Josh Allen just got his extension. He's going to be in Buffalo for at least the next eight years. The way like when you look at how it turns out and the extension works. Um, look, man, he, he started the season off. I don't want to say bad because he wasn't like the worst quarterback in the league by any means, but no. he didn't play up to the standard that that Bills fans and probably the the national media thought that he was going to come out in the season with. Sunday, he looked like he looked like Josh of last year. What's your expectations going into this game this Sunday? And and you know, kind of is are you expecting now going forward to see this Josh Allen that's like, okay, look, I'm here, let's kill this thing. I think so too. I think anytime, I mean. Look at the opponents that they played. I mean, not for nothing. Even the Dolphins, to the state, they had a really good defense. It's just the fact that Miami's defense. I mean, you keep getting put out there on the field, and your offense is doing completely nothing. You're gonna get. You're gonna eventually get tired. So I think that's kind of what happened to them. And you know, the Steelers. You know, despite the offensive struggles that they're having right now, their defense is still legit. So, I mean, he plays some really good defenses to start the year. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, you know, understand that. But, yeah, I think he was able to get his ground going against Washington. And then you look at a team that's inferior, like Houston, a team that, you know, he can pick apart. And, yeah, I definitely think he'll start to get his stride under him. Like, you know I mean, obviously getting Diggs involved, obviously, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, you spoke about that earlier. And, yeah, I definitely think we'll start to see a little bit more of the MVP Josh Allen moving forward. But I just think it was a tough start of the season, especially with two really good defenses, too, that he played early on. And see, and obviously being a part of Bill's Mafia, like I, when I try to have, like, level-headed takes like that, like, well, you know, Pittsburgh, I think even still, they they lost Sunday and they they haven't looked great, but their defense is still legit. Like, I think they're going to have a exactly. top – if not a top five, a top seven, I feel yeah. like a top seven unit. Yeah. Um, they're they're legit. So yeah, last season when Josh played again, he was runner-up for MVP. You look at his stats from last year, it looked very similar to the stats from week one. It wasn't that different. And then Miami, yeah, we're talking about the quarterback play and we're talking about other issues that they have, but Miami has a solid defense too. So I just feel like we started the season off against two good defenses, and you know, sometimes it takes some figuring out. And you know, we had we had John Brown last year instead of Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, we brought back a lot of people. Like for the most part, we brought back the whole team. But still, it's a new year, man. And you had film out on you now, so it it takes time to to get it going again, get that chemistry of game speed going. So I don't know. I just I, I feel like you know, Josh is we're back, we're ready, and and you know, I'm looking forward to just smacking people every other week. You know, like yeah, I, I just I, I think we're here. I think we're here. Yeah, I think I think you showed that like yesterday. I was like, I actually tweeted. I was like, we got Josh Allen back now, so I think you're starting to see that now. Just the play with Sanders was just the rollout was like a bay. I was like, yeah, he's definitely looking like the old one that we saw last year. And then, like you say, it just takes time. I mean, people, you know, Patrick Mahomes is struggling right now. So yeah, I mean, it kind of happens, you know, to everybody at some point. It, that's wild to me too, and I, I don't want to like go into the Kansas City Chiefs right now or not. But but man, could you imagine at this and it's week three, but still like one and two for the Kansas City Chiefs right now? Like last you know, place, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that that's that's surprise. Well, that's a little surprising to me, uh, especially the Chargers going to Arrowhead and just you know pretty much did what they wanted to do. Their defense is really bad. That's the main thing. The defense has not gotten better. It seems like the Chiefs hadn't gotten better at all. It seems like 
the team, I, I don't want to say teams are starting to figure them out, but that's kind of what it seems like to me. Like Tampa Bay might have quote unquote cracked a little bit of the code that you had that to beat the Chiefs. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can emulate it. I think you saw it with the Raiders a little bit too last year. They were able to do it, even though they were they tried to outscore Kansas City. But yeah, I think teams are starting to figure out ways to beat them, especially when you can try to limit what Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are able to do and also force some turnovers. Now, see, I was nervous after the AFC Championship game last year, going into the offseason and then following the offseason. I'm like, man, the Bills didn't move to me. The Bills didn't move the needle enough to like close the gap between us and the, and the Chiefs. Looking at the first and it's, it's the first three weeks of the season, I don't know if I feel the same way and not because of their record. I'm talking about so now it feels like our defensive line has picked up. It feels like we're actually getting good pressure on the quarterback. It feels like, you know, with Starla Tulele back, it feels like our, our linebackers and our secondary, they're returning to form from two years ago when they were the fourth in the league, as opposed to last season. I think they fell somewhere like just mid, you know, they were mid around yeah. the rankings. So I feel like now it, it's a it's a bit better of defense. So you know, we I feel like in a way we did actually close the gap uh, drafting Greg Rousseau and and Boogie Basham. Yes, let's, let's talk about the defense because and this is kind of it's perfect because it leads into the last question that I had for you anyway. Um, you know, the Bills did struggle last season, early in the season with stopping the run, uh, with some even even again with the, the, the man the Chiefs. The first game in October when we played the Chiefs, man, they they literally just could do whatever they wanted. Like uh, the running back ran all crazy but if you look at the all 22 of that game like Patrick Mahomes the same play that the running back was running for 30 yards up the middle he literally could have just threw a wide open Tariq Hill or or so it was just it was horrible then you fast forward to the AFC championship game and it looks like they beat us up you know the score wasn't like the worst but to me it looked like they beat us up how, how do you feel about this defense now? Like, what do you what do you feel? Because they look dominant after three weeks, man. I think they're averaging giving up th- what thirteen or fourteen points a game. They look dominant. Yeah. How, how do you feel about the D going out going forward? I, I tell, I joke with Dolphin fans. I'm like, uh, you probably took the wrong Miami Hurricane player and Jalen Phillips <laughs> instead of Greg Russo, which a lot of people were down on Russo, uh, especially him opting out last year. And you know, Bills got lucky; they got a gym and. You know when they did, but yeah, I think those additions. I like Basham coming out. I wait for us too. I thought he was well coached, and you know, getting guys like that. And in addition to, I thought the defense was really good anyway. But getting getting those guys to be able to complement what they already have, I think that's a big benefit. And I think you've seen that early on. And you know, those guys are only going to get better. And you can, if you can get pressure on quarterbacks as you can so, show without blitzing, uh, especially in the playoffs, especially a guy like Patrick Mahomes who knows what you're doing, and he's kind of like Tom Brady. I mean, you can't really blitz him, so you kind of have to find a way to get pressure with your front four at times and disguise it. I I definitely think that's a huge benefit, and, you know, I think you've seen that early on. For me, the Bills, you know, I don't want to put dirt on Kansas City right now because I still think they're going to find a way and make the playoffs. But, you know, this is a huge – that division is so – it's tough right now (laughs) because I don't know if the – I think the Raiders could make the playoffs. The Chargers, mm-hmm. I, I'm still – the Broncos, I'm still a little bit. Yeah, we'll see because of the teams they play. But the Chargers and Raiders are legit. Like, those teams could make the playoffs. So, it, it's going to be – that division is going to be really tough. The, the AFC is – the whole NFL, I think, is wide open right now. 
All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm excited for for several reasons, but I agree with your point about that division, uh, the Chargers, and not just because they beat the Chiefs Sunday. I th- I think the Chargers last year, I think they figured out their offense, and then they they started tweaking with that defense. Like, okay, we not we got to get back to it. It didn't look like a Sunday because it's the Chiefs, but but dude, they they're figuring some things out. And oh, go ahead. I was gonna say getting Duran James back too, and then also you know you add a Asante Samuel to that defense. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that's really good to that second. That really huge to that secondary. Yeah. So so no, I, I agree with you. And then even like you said with the Raiders, I'm not a I, I haven't been a, a huge Derek Carr fan, but the guy is playing well this year so far, and and that's a, actually even without. Josh Jacobs, like being Josh Jacobs, it, you know, he's been injured. He hasn't been, the running game hasn't been there for him. He's dude, he's balling. So um, yeah, it could, it could be tough for them. I still think they obviously make the playoffs and they win that division, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. It ain't going to just be like, no. okay, yeah, the chiefs got it. Exactly. I was about to say, yeah, I, I think they still win a division, but it's going to be tight. I think I would not be surprised if you got three teams out of that division making the playoffs, especially the way they're right. playing right now. Wow. So, so the, so I'm not saying it's going to be a hot take. Cause you said you wouldn't be surprised. It's not a, it's not a sure thing, but that'd be wild for, for at least two, half at the, least two, at least two is coming out of there. And I'll say that somebody, yeah, it's going to be the chiefs and somebody I'll say that it's that's definitely. It's just going to be wild to see the playoffs this year. It, it, obviously. And they expanded them last year. So we have, you know, the additional super wild card weekend game uh, real quick before I get your prediction on the game too. What are your thoughts on? Cause now they've, for the Super Wild Card Weekend, they've taken one of the games from Saturday and, and added to Monday night. So now we have a, a three, we have a weekend, a three day weekend of football. What are your thoughts on that? Because some people look at it like it's a disadvantage. Some people, like me, look at it like, hell yeah, give me an extra day of football. Uh, how, how do you view it? I hate it in a way, but you know, I'm still going to watch it. I, I I complain a lot of things about the NFL, but I still watch it. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to boycott the game or anything like yeah, that. But you know, uh, I, I just think it's they they better make sure that team that plays on Monday that wins plays on that Sunday. That's my only thing because yeah. now they play on Saturday. That's a huge disadvantage to whoever gets that game. I mean, they they have to play on that Sunday. At least they give them a little bit of a help too, a little bit more rest. Because yeah, I I I just hate it. Like just. I get the NFL. They they feel like they can make money, and then not having college football that weekend, the national championship, because they moved the season a little bit longer. They feel like, hey, you know what? It's an opportunity for us to be able to showcase the game on Monday night. And I guess they decided to take it. But yeah, me personally, I I love football, but damn, like, I, I, <laughs> can I get my Mondays back and do something else too? But you know, I'm not. I'm gonna not gonna play. I'm definitely gonna watch it at some point. I'm gonna watch it. So you know, it is what it is. And hopefully it's good football. It's playoffs. So, you know, like yeah. it's two good teams playing. So, and, and and you mentioned there's a lot that you hate right now about the NFL. The only thing I hate is this damn unsportsmanlike conduct taunting penalty. Yes. You know? Like, are you kidding me with this? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I can't, I can't stand it. It's always something. And then you got, you know, not to pick on specific names and people that are talking about it, but I know Mike Florio is talking about how, you know, it's the right move to do it. But I just feel like unless it's intentional, unless you're spinning the ball and somebody facing or pointing or something like that, then I don't think I don't think they're trying to players are trying to show people love. I just think they're they having do. a good time. And then and then here's my problem with the NFL in that regard. It's inconsistency. So you go from you, you went from a hard rule about it to a little bit of a lax rule. 
And now you're going back to a hard rule about it. So just pick your bat, pick what hill you want to die on. That's my mm -hmm. thing is, it, and just stay with it. That's why the, that's what confuses the players. So when you know, if you say it's a, a relaxed rule, then and then you go back to a hard rule, then players are still going to think it's relaxed, and you can do whatever you want to. So that that's what I'm saying. Like whatever you choose, just choose it and then move forward with it. I, I mean, I I guess I see it. I can see it that way. For me, it's just like it's football, man. Like since we've been kids you know playing in pop warner you you run over somebody and you get up and you're excited about it and your team is jumping and yelling i just i don't i don't understand how this league has gotten so soft in so many ways i understand <laughs> the hits to the helmet no like certain things i get because of safety yo no yeah. hits to the helmet like the, the, the hit on um Devontae adams sunday night was horrible you know so i get that i'm not upset about about those type of calls but they, they didn't even throw a flag it. on that either. No, they didn't. They didn't. You get what I'm saying? Like that one, it was just like, oh, the ref didn't see it. It was out of his line of sight. What? So, okay, I'm not even going to go down that because it's time to go. But I just think that the taunting <laughs> thing is crazy. The taunting thing is crazy. It's like, come on, man. Like at some point, we got to be able to have fun. I, I had last point about that. I enjoyed so much last season or, or I don't know, wasn't incorporated the season before last season when they had the celebration cam at the end of the exactly. when you score a touchdown. I love that. Like let the team come together and do the whole little thing and they doing that. But now you can't even come on, man. It's so soft. It's so soft. It really is. Yeah. You want to be able to express yourself, especially after you made a play. Yeah. I mean, some of those players, that might be the only touchdown or two they get all year. So yeah, be able to express yourself, do what you want to do. I mean, not not everybody wants to hand the ball off to the referee. I mean, this is not you know what, what I mean? peers want to go do. Go shake the ref's hand. Yeah, I need you to go shake the ref's hand. Thank you, sir. No, man, like let, let me celebrate. You know, but whatever. Exactly. Okay, moving on. Last question for you, and then we're gonna get on out of here, man. <laughs> give me a give me a prediction for Sunday. How do you think this is gonna go? We gonna cover that seventeen and a half points, or you think it's gonna be a little bit closer than that? I think probably thirty one ten. I think that's a good way to go. I think. Maybe the Texans get a touchdown later on, but yeah, I think the Bills should easily roll in this game. It is all fastest of the football on the football team. They're just completely better, so I think it'll be an easy win for them. Bills Mafia loves that man. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and find your content, and if if you got anything big coming up that you kind of want to make sure people know about. Uh, you find me at Antoine Staley. Uh, just you know, covering the Panthers. You can find me there and. You know, we'll have some articles, definitely uh, C.J. Henderson trade today. So, you know, you can look out for an article about that later on this week, too. All right. Well, hey, like I told you, all this is my big homie. I ain't going to call him that too much publicly because he don't like it, but he's a big homie. <laughs> no, <it's all> good. <laughs> and, and by the way, man, I do want to publicly appreciate. I know I, I met we talk often, but I want to appreciate you publicly. Like you've really, really been um, as you and, and maybe two other people that since I've started doing the podcasting and trying to get into it, like you've really taken the time out when I when I hit you up with questions, when I hit you up with for advice or anything like you're there. So I appreciate you, man. If there's ever a time that I, I'm, you know, doing well enough to return the favor in any way, please don't hesitate to hit me up. Like, real talk, you're my guy. I appreciate you. So, yeah, man. ladies and gentlemen, my special guest, Antoine Staley. And y'all know how I do it here. It's your boy, Jay Spencer King, repping that Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. <laughs>